Hey, good morning, Journey Church. So glad to be with you guys this morning. You guys doing good? Fantastic, man. That's so awesome. Hey, look, um, like one of the top 10 like commandments you're, like in, in church preaching and like if you get a, you know, somebody come in, what you're not supposed to do is point out all the, you know, like the stuff. You know what I'm saying? So like we know the lights aren't working, but I think I figured out why. I'm not nearly as pretty as James, the lead minister here. So they kept the, right, yeah, they kept the lights off. They want you to come back next week. I get it. It's so, uh, I so understand all of that and I get it. So um, uh, I want you to come back next week. So uh, it is awesome to be able to be here. My name is Greg Coverdale um, and um, I would just love to share with you God's word this morning. Can we dive into God's word this morning? Is that all right? Absolutely. Let's do that. Hey, um, I know we're a little bit into the year. I get that. Uh, a little bit further along than I want it to be already. I have a lot going on this year. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But did anybody make resolutions this year? Uh, yeah, I made one. I, I did one. I normally don't because I know what happens with them, right? But I did one this year. I want to read 10 books this year. Now, for some of you, you're like, 10 books? I did that last week. I totally get, you know, I get it. Some of you are readers. I'm not a reader. Uh, I like to watch like documentaries, so I don't read a whole lot, but I want to read 10 books this year, and I've already gotten through one book. I'm starting on my second book. I even started a third. It's kind of a fun book. It's a fiction book that I'm uh, just reading on the side, but the first book I read this year was a book called Bloodstained Pews uh, by, Car yeah, great book uh, by Carl Kuhl. Now, here's the best part. Carl Kuhl uh, is going to be with you guys uh, later on this summer as you guys dive into this series that James is going to lead you through, is, uh, and it's just a really great book about being a church and growing together as a church and being vulnerable and how that happens together in your church and how that happens in your community and how you connect with your community through that. So really great book. I'm excited that you guys are gonna uh, dive into that and you guys are going to walk through that um, here this summer. But, and Carl Kuhl's a really great guy. So, but really, like at this point in people's lives, if you've made a resolution, for the majority of people, those resolutions have gone by the wayside. Am I right? Yeah, they've gone by the wayside. At this point, they have been replaced with our previous habits. It's so easy to fall back into what we know as opposed to trying something new and starting something new. It's why I don't do resolutions. It's why I, like, I try to do it before. Like, I'm not going to do a resolution, but I'm going to start like two weeks before. But it's really a resolution. Or like, I'm not going to start it on the first of the month. I'm going to start it in the middle of the month. So <laughs> I like, just to try to play tricks with, with my head, I'm like, I'm not going to do that. But I think the reason why that we don't follow through with those resolutions, why we don't follow through with those new habits is because we don't lay a solid foundation for those things to become something new in our life. I mean, have you ever thought about that? You're like, hey, I wanna start going to the gym. Well, fantastic. I wanna do that every year. I wanna do that like every six months. I'm like, God, I gotta go back to the gym. I have a membership. Planet Fitness is so thankful. I give them $20 a month and not use their stuff. They are so glad. They, they're like, yes, thank you. You are the best customer. I don't have to clean up after you, and you don't even show up, and I still get your money. And I'm like, all right, yeah, I get it, you know? Um, but many, for, for many times, like those, those resolutions fill, fizzle out. Gym memberships, dieting, money management, hobbies, sports, all of those things. Those things start to go by the wayside because we don't have a solid foundation or a plan or preparation for, make, for, for making those things happen. 
I mean, think about it. Have you ever tried to start like a new eating habit like keto or I'm, I followed this guy on Instagram for a little while who did like, I'm going to eat nothing but meat and meat products for like 30 days. That's my, so I watched him. I followed him and that's all he ate. He ate meat for 30 days. And he's like, I, it, it made me feel better. It wore me out. It upset my stomach today or I, whatever it was, but he had a plan. See, the reason why sometimes those things don't follow through is because we don't have a plan. I don't go back to the gym because I don't know what I'm doing half the time. So, for real, like, I, I, don't, I'm, I, I walk in there and I'm like, these people have every clue and are researched and they know all of their stuff. They have their plan set before them and they're being successful because they're doing all of these things. And I go back to the room that's the, like, it is a 30-minute like, circuit workout. And I go there because that's where I'm comfortable. There is like 15 machines, and I can go and I can, you know, I'll follow the green light. Anybody Planet Fitness people? Anybody? Okay. So you know what I'm talking about. You the green light, the red light. If you don't know, there's a room. It's like it's a workout area. They're like, hey, do this workout for this much time. When the, when the light turns red, it's a, it's a literal traffic light. Um, <laughs> it's so ingenious. And um, when, it's, when it says red, you stop, the, you stop the, the exercise. You do something else. And when it's green, you start the exercise, and you do that. And I go there because it's comfortable, and I've gotten as a routine. So when I do go to the gym, very rarely, uh, that's, where, that's where I show up, right? And without a solid plan, we aren't going to build on it. You know, and James was telling me, you guys just came out of this series just recently where you guys talked about following through with resolutions so that you can create a, what? Revolution, Right? So you make changes and you do something better. You become better people. You become better followers of God. You dive into God's word. You practice spiritual habits. You serve and love people in your community. Or you go work out. Why? To do better. To be better followers of Jesus. To feel better. And when you do that, you can create a revolution. You can do something new. See, Jesus says the same thing about building our faith. Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 and following, this is what it says. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. See, when we build our faith, when we're working on building our faith, when we're working on being better followers of Jesus, we have to have that solid foundation of Jesus. Like, we want to be, we, we be good Christians, right? We want to be those, those people that, that God has called us to be. But without that solid foundation to build upon, it's going to crumble. So we need to build our faith upon Jesus, not on the faith of our jobs, not on the faith of our families, of our friends, or those things that get us by, our money, whatever that is, because we know, those, we know these, these things about those, those worldly things. That worldly things pass away, right? Money goes away faster than I want it to sometimes. Friends come and go. People will disappoint you. But when we put our foundation on Jesus, Jesus is the solid rock that we grow upon. See, Jesus uses the analogy of a man building a home. And when he builds his home in the preparation of, of building up the walls, he talks about this firm foundation 
right? When you go to build a home, has anybody ever built a home before? No, neither have I. Good. All right, here we go. Has anybody have a, had a built home built? No? All right, neither have I. But um, my family and I recently moved to Durham, and we were like, hey, house prices are really expensive right now. Like, I don't know if we can afford a home. We're like, well, maybe we can build a home, right? Maybe, maybe we can like afford to build a home. And so we were like, we started researching. We're like, okay, well, we, we got to got to do all this, and we got to get all of this stuff put together, and uh, we got to make sure that we have land and all of this. And so we were looking at like the cheapest construction, and we were like, let's build a barn dominium. Have you guys seen this? Have you guys seen a barn dominium? No, no? it's ingenious. It is the great. Do you have a barn dominium? Do you, li- do you live in a barn dominium? Oh. My wife would love you. <laughs> Not for that reason, but um, so we were researching. It's, it's brilliant. Like all you got to do is go out and put it out a slab, and they, this prefabricated metal structure. You can build like a like twenty four hundred square foot home for like two hundred and eighty thousand dollars. Like it's nothing. Like if you try to go buy an eighteen hundred twenty four hundred square foot home right now in Durham, it is anywhere from five hundred to seven hundred thousand dollars. I'm like, I don't ball that outrageous. So like I can't afford a home. So we were researching that, but I was like. I was looking at it, you know, I was like, hey, what, what all do we need to have if we do this, right? You got to put, if you buy land, you got to clear the land, you got to run sewage, you've got to get electricity, you got to have internet. Folks, I, ha- I have a family, I have three beautiful daughters, all right? Internet is life in my home, all right? It is like, it is bread, water, internet, and probably not in that order. Most days it's not in that order. <laughs> Most it's like internet and like maybe I'll eat and uh, maybe I'll do something else one day. You know, like that's my house. And so all of these things we have to take into consideration. Like it costs money to get all that stuff in. You have to have that firm foundation to build the house on. And you got to get all of those, those, those necessities to that place in order that you can build a solid home, a solid foundation. Listen to what Luke says about when Jesus talks about counting the cost or considering the cost. Luke 14, he says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish See, with every decision that we make in our life, there is a cost that is incurred. Have you ever thought about that? Every decision that you make in your life, there is a cost that is incurred. Have you ever started a new hobby? Like, have you ever saw something like on the web or something like that? I really want to try this. I want to do this. Like, guys, we love to do this. This is our favorite thing, right? We're at home, and it's a nice sunny day, and our neighbor, who we've talked to a few times, who we just met, fires up his Harley, right? And he's like, he's going to go for a ride. You're like, oh man, I want a Harley now. I want to go for a ride. I want a motorcycle. Or like they go out back and they get the grill out and it's a brand new, nice stainless steel grill. And I'm like, I want a new grill and I want to learn how to smoke meat and grill. Like this, this is what guys love to do. It's like, ladies, I'm sure you know this. Like guys, we never grow up. It's just what? Our toys get more, more expensive, right? That's exactly right. So that's exactly what happens. Um, but guys, it's okay. And it's like, I, I'm there too. Uh, I had a Harley for a little while. I just sold it this last week. It broke my heart a little bit. My wife even said that she cried a little bit as she saw it drive off on the trailer, but it was, it was a good thing. Like, um, and maybe one day I'll get another one. 
But right now, so like I'm researching a new hobby because I want to have something to do. So I'm picking up leather tooling. You guys ever seen? I love this. Like I, I don't even know how to do it yet. I bought scraps of leather. I'm buying like all of the different things to make the designs in the leather. I've tried a couple times. And so it's costing me a little money. I got to buy the tools. You got to get some of the things. Like I need a workbench now because right now the cost that is being paid is my wife's uh, sanity because what I'm doing is I'm sitting at our breakfast table pounding on like this leather like and it's metal and like I did this for two like an hour and 45 minutes one day in the house and she was doing dinner I was like she's I, I said oh I'm sorry I'm like you're going crazy and I'm sitting over here making all this noise so I went and I I stopped doing that so I'm trying to learn a new hobby but it costs money to start something new how about for you how about maybe you had a career switch right Maybe you've done something for so long in your life, and you're like, this is just not like what I want to do anymore. So maybe that cost is going to be, I have to go back to school to learn how to do this. Or maybe it's going to take me some time. I have to take a pay cut so I can learn the job so that I can be better at it and make more money in the future. Or maybe it is like you're, you're the decision of getting married or maybe not getting married. I've told my daughters the two most um, important questions or decisions that they'll have to make in their life or they'll have to answer is... Um, are you or are you not going to follow Jesus? Are you going to make that decision to follow Jesus? And who are you going to marry or not get married? Or will you start a family? Do you know, do you have any idea how much it costs to raise a kid nowadays? Dude, it is. Like, just simple web search. Just, like, how much does it cost to raise a kid on Google? First thing that comes up, $233,000 from infancy on up to age 18. And that's 18, so if they stay longer, you know, you just keep on adding that on, right? And it gets more expensive. It just does. They eat more. Something happens, right? And it's crazy. But I'll tell you what. It is the best cost I have ever incurred in my life is marrying my wife and creating family and having my daughters. I would pay it a thousand times over. I love my family. I love the opportunity to create a culture that... Um, loves Jesus, to help my kids love Jesus and to help them love other people. I would pay that a thousand times over. But every decision that we make, there is a cost that needs to be considered. Sometimes that cost is monetary. Sometimes that cost could be physical. Sometimes that cost is emotional. Sometimes it's spiritual. And just like in every decision we make, there is a cost that comes along with being a follower of Jesus. There's a cost that comes along with being a follower of Jesus. One of Jesus' disciples, uh, Matthew, he records, he, he takes time and he goes back and he records the life and ministry of Jesus. There's a couple other guys that did this as well. But in Matthew's writing of Jesus' life, he records the time when Jesus, before he begins his public ministry, he goes out and he spends time with his father. He spends 40 days in the wilderness. By the way, if I'm in the wilderness for any amount of time, it's because somebody put me there, left me there, and I can't get out. Come find me. Come help me, okay? I'm not like, I have friends that go camping on their own with like a hammock for no reason. I'm like, dude, you just made yourself into a Twinkie, for real. Like, that's what you just made yourself into. So... I won't do that, but this is what Jesus did. He goes out and he goes into the, into the wilderness to be with his father. He's praying, he's fasting. He's, and all that while he's being tempted by Satan and he comes out of this time of being with his father and he begins his public ministry. 
And when he comes out, he begins talking about the kingdom that is coming, the kingdom that is now here, and it is present. And from there, he goes and he travels, and he walks along the shore of Galilee. And as he is out there walking along the shore of Galilee, he's being around people, he's being in public, and he finds people. And what are they doing? Well, they're living life. They're working. They're gathering goods for their family. They're taking care of their everyday needs. And as he sees the people there, this is what he does. Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 22, he says, Jesus was walking along beside the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew, and they were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. Sometimes we hear it as, I will make you fisher of men. And at once they left their nets and followed him. And going from there, he saw two brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. And they were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. And Jesus called them. And immediately, they left the boat and their father, and they followed him. You see what just happened here? These young men, these sons, these families who were all out working together, out there taking care of their families, taking care of, of their lives, gathering resources to sell in the market and to feed their families. This is the only thing that they've ever known in their life. Is anybody a carpenter or like has their own business? Does anybody have their own business? All right. Okay. So all right. Um, if you've ever known somebody or has, has, has their own business or somebody that has owned their own business, and what is like important to have with you is that you've got to have people to work with you and work for you. And sometimes it's family. And so in this culture, um, the young men, as um, they would go to school, and they would be able to go to, to school to a certain point. And if they didn't do too great, at that point, they would come back home, and they would work, in their fam work with their families. And that's what, who, what these guys are. These guys are working with their families, helping um, raise their families, helping... Um, uh, bringing money and to take care of their families. And Jesus calls to them and says, look, I need you to stop what you're doing and come follow me. Now, if you, what if all of your employees just said, uh, hey, I gotta go follow Jesus, I'll, I'll see you later. You're left hanging, the, holding the bag, right? And so, so Zebedee, I mean, can you picture this? Zebedee's out on the boat, his sons are there, they're working, they got a, fish full of, uh, uh, a net full of fish and all of a sudden the son's like, dad, I'll see you later, peace. And they leave and they're like, what am I doing? And the sons leave immediately, and they go and they follow Jesus. They leave everything that they know. They leave their trade. They leave their family. They leave their jobs. They leave their dad holding the nets. And they leave all that they know and understand and that are comfortable with. And they go and follow Jesus. See, sometimes following Jesus is going to cost you your comfort. Sometimes that means that you have to look at where you are and that all that you know and your job and your family and you give up that comfort for the unknown and you follow the uncomfortable. Let me say this. I'll be transparent. I love comfortable, right? I do. I love my house. Oh, I don't love my house. I love, I love to know that I have a house, right? I, I love to know where I'm sleeping tonight. I, 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 I'd like to know that I'm gonna have dinner tonight, that there's food I love to know where my next paycheck is coming from. And because Amazon and Target exist, that's the best thing in the whole wide world that I know I have a paycheck, right? Remember, I have a wife and three daughters, okay? 
I like comfort because comfort gives me security. It helps me to know that I'm going to be okay tomorrow and next week and next month. But here's the thing. Jesus calls us out of our comfort because it's easy to become dependent on our comfortable. Jesus doesn't want to be dependent on ourselves, though. Isn't that true? Right? He wants us to be, to, to be dependent on him. He wants us to look to him and to trust him. Our comfort can lead to our complacency. You ever thought about that? Like, our comfort can lead to our complacency, and our complacency can stop us from doing those things that God has planned for you to do and God has created you to do. See, Jesus calls you out of your comfort because Jesus has something greater for you than your comfort. See, sometimes being a follower of God costs you your comfort. But we also know this, that being a follower of Jesus, it's going to cost you just about everything. Being a follower of Jesus is going to cost you just about everything. Listen to what Luke chapter 14, verses 25 through 27 says. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus. And turning to him, he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother and his wife and children, and his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. That's pretty harsh. That's pretty direct. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. So let me tell you this. James and I can totally identify this. What I can surmise from this is that Jesus was never a church planter, all right? <laughs> Because I learned in church planning, you don't push people away. You're like, hey, yeah, we need as many people as possible. Come along, help us to, to get this thing going, right? But Jesus takes and draws a line in the sand, right? There's a large group of people who are around him. Maybe some of those people that were following him wanted to be healed. Maybe some of them wanted to be fed. Maybe some of them just wanted to be around him to get the opportunity to get a selfie with him, right? I mean, who doesn't want this in their Instagram reel, right? Who doesn't want the Jesus selfie in their Instagram reels? Yeah, absolutely. Some people just wanted to be in the presence of Jesus just to say, I got to walk and hang out with Jesus today. I got to be around Jesus and he touched me and now my knee doesn't hurt anymore. Or whatever it was. Or Jesus, like, he just made a whole lunch out of some bread and some fish. It was pretty good. It was, we had fish sandwiches. It was awesome. Right? But Jesus... He does this. He calls out those who were following him. And he says, if you're going to be ready to follow me, if you're going to follow me, if you're going to give up everything, okay, here it is. I'm drawing a line in the sand. He said, if you're going to follow me, you have to be willing to put aside anything that is before me. If you love your job and your money more than me, you need to get rid of it. If your focus is on your family and everything you do is for your family, you're going to have to put me first if you want that family to be healthy. That's what Jesus really wants us to do. Like, he wants your family to be healthy. He wants you to have a great and, and, and fa uh, healthy family that loves Jesus. Like, I can't love my wife the way that I need to love my wife if I don't love Jesus first. I can't be the man of God that, God that he has created me to be, the husband, the father to my children that they need me to be if I don't love Jesus first. 
Jesus is saying, if I am not first in your life, then you have your life out of order. He says, put all of this second and come with me. Pick up your cross and follow me. So for you, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to ask yourself this. Am I gonna stay on this side of the line? It's, it's good, right? Your family's not in a bad place, right? Your finances, maybe they're not in the greatest of places, but you're not awful, right? It's comfortable here. This is comfortable. Are you gonna go and you're gonna walk on this side of the line and you're gonna say, Jesus, I'm gonna trust you with everything. I'm gonna trust you with my family. I'm gonna trust you with my marriage. I'm gonna trust you with my finances and my job. I'm gonna go and I'm going to tell people about who you are and how much you love them. I'm gonna risk all of this because you're greater. Because you are greater. See, this is good but Jesus is greater. See, basically what Jesus is doing, he's saying that this is good, but what I have for you is the kingdom, and the kingdom is great. So what will you do? Jesus calls us to pick up our cross and to carry it and to follow him. So last time I was here, I got to tell you a little bit about us. Um, but, and if you weren't here, let me, let me just share a little bit. Uh, my family moved from New Bern, um, North Carolina in um, last July. Uh, I worked at, at a church called Two Rivers Church. I worked there for 12 years. Great healthy ministry. Great things going on. Um, great youth group for my kids. I have teenagers. And they love those kids and they had friends. And we went to him and said, hey, we're moving and we're gonna go plant a church. And we went somewhere where we didn't know anybody. And man, that was so, it was exciting to think about, hey, we get this opportunity to go and do this, to step across this line and to follow Jesus. But man, it was scary. And there were times leading up to our move where I was like, I don't, I don't know if we can do this. I don't know if we should do this. Have you ever had the time in your life where like, I have a decision to make? And this is like a God decision. And you're like, God, if you want me to do this, I need you to make this completely evident. I, I need like, we sometimes in, in, in churchies, we like to use words like, God, uh, if open the door. If this, if this is available, I want your door to be open. I need to be able to walk through it. Like, you know, just make it completely evident. Um, I don't sleep real well. And so I sleep and I put like a, a headphone in my ear and I listen to movies. I don't watch movies, I listen to them. And one night, I, it didn't help. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't get all of this out of my head and running through everything. How is this going to affect my kids? How is this going to affect my marriage? How is this going to affect my job? Like, are we going to be able to afford to do this? Like, can we do all of this? And so I sat there. I turned everything off in the dark, and I said, all right, God, I'm not going to talk, but I need you to talk. I need to hear you. I need to hear you say, go and do this. It's okay, I got you. So I laid there in the quiet, sleepy, trying to go to sleep, and I got nothing. And I fell asleep. Next morning, got up, regular day, getting the kids ready for school, getting them, getting them ready to get out uh, on the um, 
uh, out the door so that they can have a great day. And I'm not the one to put God in a box. God can work however he wants to work. But for some reason that morning, a passage of scripture popped into my head. And it's weird. The disciples were out on a boat. It was at night. It was crazy. And and like they didn't know everything that was going on. And all of a sudden they saw something like on the water. And it looked like a figure and they were walking towards them. And they're like, it's a ghost. They're like, no, it's not a ghost. It's Jesus. Peter said, hey, Jesus, that's you. Call me out of the boat. I'm going to walk on water too. I'm going to come to you. Call me, call me out of the boat and I'm going to come to you. He says, all right, come on, come on. And so what does he do? He gets out of the boat and he walks towards Jesus. And we know that Peter, you know, he's like, he got, he got, he, he allowed all the things that were going around to distract him and it began to sink. And Jesus picks him up. He says, oh, you a little faith. So our family, that's what we did. We left the life of comfort. We left the boat. The boat is safe, right? In the middle of the water, in the dark, not being able to see around. And we got out of the boat. And we're walking and we're going where God is calling us to go. And we're going to keep our eyes on him. So we're planting a brand new church in Durham, North Carolina. There's a little church up there called Northside Christian Church. There's about 17 people there. Average age is like 62 and they gave their property to Waypoint Church Partners, and we're going to go and we're planting there. In that time, um, we've, uh, we, we have a small group of people meeting at our house. And we get to study the Bible together. We get to share life together. And it's great for our family because now we have community. Because remember, I took, my, I took my family away from anybody that they've known. There were days my wife wanted to go home. There were days where my kids are sad but we're trusting Jesus and we're following him. Next Sunday, we have our first launch team meeting. Yeah, we're excited. You guys know this. You guys know this. We're praying for 20 people. We're we're praying for 20 people to show up to our first launch team meeting. And in that, um, yesterday, um, sweet, I still got time, right? Yesterday, um, my, my daughter and I, who's over in the, in the kids' area, uh, my youngest daughter, 10 years old, we got to go. We were looking at how can we serve our community and partner with a homeless ministry. It's called Bridge Ministry. They meet every third Saturday in downtown Durham under the bridge across from the Durham Bulls Stadium. And they have a church service. And they feed homeless people and they give out clothes. And yesterday we got to go. I wish I would, I wish I would have put the picture up, but my ten, I could not stop Carly. She was out handing out candy. She was handing out clothes and gloves and hats and loving on these homeless people. As soon as a family, uh, a lady and her three kids, my daughter went and grabbed stuff and all she could do was serve them. She couldn't, I couldn't stop her. She wants to go and serve and love people. So I say all that to say that we are trying to figure out how we can serve and love people in Durham. So will you do this? Will you pray for us? Will you pray for this whole week? Will you please pray that on next Sunday night, next Sunday night, will you pray that we have 20 or more people at our, at our first launch team meeting? Man, that's awesome. Thank you so much for that. <clears throat> I'll tell you what, we've counted the cost. Have you? 
Have you counted that cost of, of what it costs to build your faith upon the firm foundation of Jesus? Have you counted that cost of what it means to follow him and have stepped out and given up all of these things and put Jesus first in your life so that everything else can fall into order the way that Jesus wants it to be? Because that's what he wants. He wants good things for you. I'll tell you what. If you choose to follow Jesus, it's gonna cost you your comfort and it's gonna cost you everything. But if that's what you choose to do, I promise you it is the best cost that you will ever pay in your whole life. It's the best and most beneficial and profitable eternal investment you will ever make in your life. Yeah, I'm thankful just to be able to be here. And I, 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 I'm thankful that you guys are here and that you guys have created a community that loves Jesus here in Virginia Beach and that you guys are loving your community well. And I don't know where each of you are this morning. But man, if you've been teetering on that, like, I don't know. I want to follow Jesus. I don't know if I want to give up all of these things. I don't even know. I mean, I'm having a hard time wrestling with God right now. This morning, I don't even believe I'm really in church because I'm, I'm, I'm mad at the church. That's okay. I'm glad you're here. If you're teetering at that point, I want you to know that there is a group of people here that love you and want to walk with you through that. If you've been thinking about what it means to be a follower of Jesus, there are people here who want to pray with you this morning and who want to walk with you through that this morning. We see in the New Testament that when people came to the point of faith and believing in Jesus, they would repent of their sins, they would confess the name of Jesus, and they would go and they would be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. If that's where you are this morning, I want to encourage you to do this. On, on your QR, QR code, on, on your phone, there is a, um, on the app, there is a baptism form. Please take some time this morning to fill that out before you leave. All right? Do that now. Like, fill it out now before you go to Facebook because if you go to Facebook or Instagram, you're going to forget to do the other thing. <laughs> right? Don't be distracted. Talk to the leadership here. Don't leave this morning without talking to them. Say, hey, I filled this out. I, I need to meet and talk about this. It is the most important discussion you'll have this week. This is the most important, most beneficial, most life-altering, greatest decision you'll ever make. So this morning, if you've been teetering on that, man, I really hope you take those steps. If you've made that commitment, man, let me encourage you to do this. Man, practice those spiritual disciplines. Pray, love your neighbor, meditate on him. Read his word. Become a stronger believer in Jesus. Build that foundation and grow. So this morning, as you're talking, as you're thinking about it, as you're praying about that decision this morning, um, we're going to close out with a time of communion this morning. Communion is that time where we're able to just to stop in our busy world and to focus on who Jesus is. The bread representing his body that he gave up and the juice representing his shed blood that covers us. And communion is just that time where you can just remember that wonderful gift of life 
through Jesus. Thank you for what you guys are doing. Thank you that you guys serve and love Jesus here. Hey, let me pray for you guys this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for these people, Lord, and I pray for those who might be on, uh, been thinking about what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? What do I need to do? What's the next thing? What does this mean? What is this going to cost me? God, be with them. Speak to them this morning. Lord, for those faithful believers that are here, Lord, continue to strengthen and encourage them as they grow in their faith. Lord, help them to share the good news of eternal life through you. Lord, help us to always look to you. Help us to make that decision to step across the line and follow you. Get out of the boat where it's comfortable and follow you to the uncomfortable. Lord, we love you. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. All these things we pray in his name. Amen.